Before we get started, I have an important message. If you're on Medicare or about to be, you don't want to go it alone. And you don't want to just call the first guy who sends you a postcard. My husband did that, and he wound up with some bad advice that costs us a penalty each month that will never go away. So what can you do? Contact one of our member experts by going to certifiedmedicareagents.com and searching your state for an agent. You'll be able to look through our member agents and read about them. Then you can reach out to the agent or broker you select directly through the site. Now, one thing you should know is other sites who do this sell your information to 15 or more agents so you can get hundreds of unwanted phone calls. Not so with CertifiedMedicareAgents.com. You'll only be contacted by one agent, and if there is a problem, I may personally reach out to you, but generally you will only hear from the one agent you select. So head on over there right now before you forget and find a qualified and certified agent that can help you today. Now, let's start our program. Welcome back to the Rock Your Retirement Show. I'm your host, Kathy Klein, and today Barbara Mock and I are continuing our one-year series following her epic retirement journey as she makes the announcement, retires, and then goes through the different stages of retirement. We hope you follow along to learn the secrets that she'll be learning and revealing as she goes through this process with us. In today's episode of the Rock Your Retirement Show, we talk about canceled plans. Retiring in the time of COVID might not be all it's cracked up to be. Barbara had big plans for her retirement party. We've all had plans in 2020 that have been canceled, and we'll talk about how we're dealing with these canceled plans. If you've had to deal with canceled plans, be sure and listen to this week's episode, which is starting right now. Welcome back to the Rocky Retirement Show. You know, last time that we got together, uh, Barbara and I were talking about her pending vacation, and or not her pending vacation, but the vacation that she just went on, and how that was similar to a mini retirement. Today, we'd actually like to talk about canceled plans, right, Barbara? Yes, there's been a lot of that this year. We both had canceled plans, and I'm sure that you, the listener, has had some canceled plans this year, too. So we'd like to just talk a little bit about what our canceled plans have been, but but mainly we want to talk about how to deal with all of the struggles that all of us really are having right now. Um, so I'll go first. I've had a, a couple of canceled plans. You know, I when when the COVID first started, I, I was really just getting off of a cruise. And we almost didn't go on that cruise, but we were going back and forth. We didn't think it was as bad as it got. We knew that there was some trouble, and we prayed about it. And, you know, for those of you who listen, you know that I am someone who prays. It's not something that I focus on on the show, but we prayed about it and it came back. Yeah, go ahead and go. 
And honestly, that last cruise was probably one of the most interesting cruises we've ever been on because it was the cruise that kept going back and forth to Florida. (laughs) For one reason or another, we kept heading back to the port. So anyway, since then, though, I had a trip to Hawaii that was canceled and a wedding that was canceled and all kinds of things. And Barbara, I know that you've had a bunch of canceled plans too. Yes. um, Starting with our 40th anniversary trip, we had planned to go to Cancun and the Riviera Maya. Uh, We had 10 glorious days planned, one at a resort and one on Isla Mujeres, a small little island off the coast of Mexico that I had always wanted to take my husband to. We had found another couple who wanted to celebrate with us. So it wasn't, it wasn't just us. And as the virus was unfolding uh, in March, this trip was in April. And so it just became clear as everything was shutting down. And I have to say that was really disappointing. I think that 40 years of marriage is a big deal and it should be celebrated. And we had a pretty big financial investment in that trip. Um, We got, most of the money back, but the money wasn't the issue. It was just that dream and that expectation of getting to go. Um, We also had a wedding that has been postponed that was going to be in Canada. Canada closed, so we couldn't go there. Uh, My husband does a fishing trip every year, and he gets salmon and lingcod and um, halibut in British Columbia, and Canada was still closed in August when he would have gone. Uh, And then we have a condo in Whistler that we go to every year. And that just really feels like a waste because it wasn't a plane trip. It was just, you know, drive up, go to the condo, do lots and lots of hiking. And it's just beautiful. And the weather was beautiful that week. I think that was the hardest is a lot of times you don't know in the Pacific Northwest what kind of weather you're going to get. It was really hard to be here knowing what it was like up there, but we just couldn't get across the border. And then the last one was Iceland. We were going to go to Iceland in September, and we had been looking at that for a really, really long time, trying to get in shape. Um, and I have to say what was most disappointing is just that death of that vision, that that dream. And so in March, April, and May, I gained weight. I sat around. I drank two glasses of wine every night. And... I don't want to say I was depressed, but I was really sad and disappointed. By July, I said, well, this isn't going to be over anytime soon, and this isn't going to be good. And so I just made a decision that I'm not going to drink anymore. So right now I haven't had a drink since July 4th, um, which I'm not a real drinker. It's maybe just a glass of wine once in a while, but I started working out more and changing my diet because that was the only thing that I could control. And I have to say, the more I walked and the more I had time to think and the more I had time to listen to your podcast, I felt a little bit better and healthier. But I have to honestly say, um, I was stuck between March and July, emotionally, physically, because we were pretty much in Washington State. You're not supposed to go anywhere. And when they did open up, that's when our numbers spiked right between Memorial Day and and 4th of July. And so, um, yeah, really, really disappointing, kind of sad, and kind of just not feeling like this is a great place to be right now. 
I think a lot of us are in that situation. You know, I was depressed and I was having a hard time even getting out of bed. Um, and exercise is really one of the things that helped me as well. You know, in January, I signed up. My my husband's goddaughter is a, a beach body consultant. Uh, you know, it's that one of those multi-level marketing programs. And they have a program where you can have access to their uh, exercise classes for $99 a year. And so I went ahead and signed up for it. And they're, they're at home court, you know, they're at home classes. And there's 1400 of them. And when I first started, I was doing the classes that were for people who were grossly overweight, like a lot more overweight than I was at the time, but I was having a hard time with it. And then I just kept doing it. And my husband and I made a a contract that we wouldn't watch TV until we'd both exercised. And, you know, we started watching Homeland <laughs> and we had to watch it. You know, we had to. So that pretty much kept me exercising. And it's tough. I mean, I, I have seen a lot of my friends gain weight. I'm lucky in that I've lost some weight since the start of uh, COVID. But the exercise really helps. But me exercising 30 minutes a day isn't the answer. You know, the I don't know what the answer is. I know that uh, uh, counseling services have has gone up a lot this year. There's a lot of people who are doing online counseling. Um, and I don't know what, I don't know how the listener is dealing with canceled plans and just the depression of not being able to go out. And at least I mean, where you live, the weather's not the best. You know, at least where I live, it's well, I guess the weather's not that great where I live now either because it gets really, really hot in the summer. And it's muggy. You go outside and if you're wearing glasses, they literally fog up. So I don't want to say that our weather's better than yours because it's just different. <laughs> you know? It's not always sunny here either. But yeah, so how how did you deal? Oh, you also have another really big canceled plan that we haven't even talked about yet. Tell us about your retirement party. Well, it was the repart the retirement party that would never end. I being there for as long as I have, I know a lot of people. I think we've talked and established I'm an extreme extrovert, and so I'm that person that wants a huge party. And uh, my kids have known for years what that party was. They knew where it was going to be. It was going to be in a room for several hundred down in the county. They knew that they were going to have to take off work and come up with the grandkids so that all my friends could see my children and grandchildren. Uh, they knew what the menu was going to be because I was going to pay for it. And I had all kinds of people tasked. I have a friend who plays the ukulele and he writes songs. And I said, Alan, I, I would like a song. And he said, sure. Um, I wanted a slideshow and I just wanted all my friends and family to be together that one last day. And what the fantasy plan was is that we would do that party and then get into a shuttle and go straight to the airport and that we would go to Costa Rica. And that would be what I call my graduation uh, party. Um, and I was going to pay for it. I just felt like saving up for that was something that was really, really important. And the grandkids are um, eight, seven, seven, and four. And I thought taking them to the jungle, seeing the sloth and the monkeys. And so I literally have been planning this for years. 
and to realize that, no, there probably won't be a party. I'm not really down for another eternal Zoom meeting, um, but I'm already getting asked by my employees, where is the socially distanced party and how are we going to do this, Barb? And I'm thinking, I don't know what's going to happen. We definitely have put off the Costa Rica trip because it's not really safe to travel. So I have to say that's hugely disappointing to me. And yet I know in my heart, there'll be something down the line when it is safe to travel and maybe it'll be better. I'm really trying to take um, an optimistic approach because in the end, we're safe, we're healthy, we're happy. Sometimes I feel guilty that I have that option to consider having a big party and having a trip planned. Um, so I guess I'm choosing to just think it's been delayed, not necessarily canceled. You know, that's what we did with our Hawaii trip. So I don't remember if I told you about the trip that my sister and I take when our when our nieces and nephews graduate. Um, did I tell you about that trip in a in a past episode? We take we take our nieces and nephews for one week anywhere in the U.S. that they want to go. And this year we had two, we had a niece and a nephew graduating. They don't know each other because they're from a step, uh, you know, you know, one is a step brothers daughter and the other is my half brother's son. Um, so they don't, they don't know each other because they're from two different, uh, parts of the family. So we were going to make it a two week Hawaii trip because they both chose Hawaii. And the first week the niece would come and the second week, the nephew would come. We gave them a choice. Do you want to take cash or do you want to postpone the trip for a year? And they both chose postponing the trip. So if we are able to go in August, then we will be sort of, of course, things will be different, you know, because they'll be adults, you know. And so it's sad for me that we don't get to spend time and to really get to know them because my family is really scattered across the United States. You know, I don't know my nieces and nephews probably the way that you do. And we're we're not, I don't want to say we're not close, but you know, I, I, I really don't know my nieces and nephews. Uh, I didn't live where they were. I didn't watch them grow up. And so I don't know them. So this, this trip is really as much about me as it is about them, me and my, my sister, you know, getting to know them. So postponing, I don't know if that would work for you. I don't know. Did you, did you listen to the episode that Stella did on her retirement day where she wanted to ride off into the sunset? I haven't course. heard I haven't heard that one yet. Hers is episode 27. And so you kind of remind me of Stella in your retirement plan. She wanted a huge party. Of course, her situation was different. She was retiring from I don't know if it was Nordstrom, but a department store, I guess is the word I'm looking for. But you should listen to that episode so you could hear how she celebrated. But and I wonder what Stella would say. You know, maybe we should get Stella and say, "What would you do if you couldn't have that big bash. Have you considered putting it off? I know it's not the same, but have you considered still having your big party, but in the future, maybe your year anniversary of your retirement? I mean, it's entirely possible. It's just what's interesting to me is people have left is some people say, I want no party and they just want to disappear. And that's hard to respect because I think 
what do you mean? Um, you've been here all these years, but that's how they want to go. Other people want kind of like a little breakfast, you know, near their cube. And some people want, you know, a full-blown all-department party. And for me, I wanted it more than the department. I wanted it just the people that I've worked with as over the years. I, I suppose it's possible, but I notice that when people leave, people move on and their lives move on. And so if people are inclined and we want to go get a drink or, or do something like that, but it feels a lot like the graduations that kids have missed out on, the proms that kids have missed out on, it feels to me similar to that, that once the time or the milestone is passed, it, it doesn't necessarily feel right or make sense. But certainly my own family, we because I have a huge family, and we could have 60 to 80 people in our backyard, I could certainly celebrate my retirement with that group. But whether or not a, de a department of 130 people would want to come back a year later for Barb's retirement, I'm I'm just not sure that that would be on their agenda, but yeah, we'll it see. might not be. I mm -hmm. follow a blogger. She's a young woman, probably in her thirties, and she's one of the financially independent retire early crowd. Her name is Purple. She's she's incognito uh, this whole time because she was working, and she retired from a job that she didn't like. Hmm. You know, and they wanted to throw a party for her, and she was talking about. Remember, she's incognito, so they don't know this. That she didn't, she didn't want to do a party. Mm -hmm. And then at the end, they had a party after work, and she's like, "I'm not going." <laughs> you know, she's like, "I don't want to do this. If they want to do it, it should be on work time." And I don't know what happened because mm -hmm. uh, this was last week, I believe. But she didn't want the party. She didn't want to go. And if it was a party after work, she certainly wasn't going to go to that. So it's interesting how you don't know what people are thinking that you've worked with for so long. Like, I'm sure that the people that she worked with didn't know how unhappy she was. Right. You know? Right. But everyone knows how happy I've been. Exactly. And I want to share that and um, celebrate that and say thank you to people. So sometimes a retirement party is kind of the last time you'll see some of these people. Right. And it's an opportunity to say goodbye. Exactly. So I completely understand how having it a year later probably wouldn't work. And although Zoom is better than nothing, let's face it, you don't get the hugs. Mm -hmm. The physically being able to hug somebody means so much. Do you remember that study that they did? Probably some listeners can come in if, if you don't know this study. They, they took a set of monkeys, twin monkeys or whatever, and one of the monkeys got to be held and cuddled and, you know, whatever. And the they would never do this experiment in today's world. But the other monkey got fed and never got touched and never got cuddled and never got cooed at. And that monkey that didn't get any physical contact just withered away. Did, do you remember hearing about that or learning about that? Well, I haven't heard about that situation, but I know that there's many studies I've read that human touch is so important. It's, it's important for children, for kids that are adopted, but also for all of us that we need so much touch each day uh, to be healthy. And in this time of COVID, we're not hugging. We're not shaking hands. And I just wonder, what is that doing to our mental 
uh, health? What is it doing to our well-being? And what is it doing to my kids and my grandkids and, and, and all the listeners? Um, it's a very sad time. And I do think we are missing something. But I wonder if we will ever go back, right, at least not immediately. And uh, my daughter studied in France for college. And there they they kiss, right? That the cheek to cheek. And I think it's just ingrained in the way people, especially in Europe, greet each other and how difficult, how difficult that must be when the entire culture greets each other that way. We are a little bit more formal, but not much. And I'm a big hugger. So yes, I'm missing, I'm missing hugs as well. It's tough. You know, I have a friend who has a grandchild and the grandchild now runs when he gets close to people. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, what do you do? Now, one of the things that I've learned when I'm reading articles and reading blogs is some people are forming pods. Have you heard of that? Yes. Yes. So for the listener, the pod is where you get maybe two or three families together and you have a pact that you will not get together with anybody else, basically. Your pod is you're socially distancing and you can, you're basically become each other's families and that you promise that you will not go out in public and do things that will expose you to COVID except within this pod. And Les and I have not formed a pod, but I have reached out to a friend of mine that I know is social distancing Um, because she sent me pictures of her outside her her grandchild's house. Um, And so I reached out to her and said, hey, do you want to do a social distancing happy hour? And so if she decides to do that, then I'll put out some wine glasses and, and pour some wine glasses. I probably won't do food, but we'll get together in my lanai. It's basically outside and we'll talk. I'm not sure though now because she just said that she might have to babysit, which to me says that she is getting together with her grandchildren. <laughs> so now I don't know how to pull that invitation back because, my, you know, as you know, my husband's high risk. Yes. And children are carriers of all kinds of diseases. I'm sure you know that. So I'm not sure what to do about that. Well, it's interesting. My daughter lives in Oregon and um, they have a wonderful neighborhood and they did that because it was impossible to keep the kids away from each other, right? Seating them, they're all wearing masks. And so she calls it her quarantine and it's, it's two other families and that's exactly what they do. And if they do go out or get exposed and they give themselves a two week quarantine, that has worked really well so that the kids aren't feeling separated. I think sometimes the neighbors look like, wait a minute, you know, they're all together. But um, but they form that. Our neighbors, just behind the way there, they also are socially distancing and they have grandkids. But what we've done is either in the back of a pickup truck, you can get two pickup trucks and put them 10 feet apart and you can get pizza and you can sit in a, a lawn chair in the back of the truck. And so you're not even near each other, but you can have a visit. Um, What we've done is we walk through their their backwoods and sit on their porch and stay socially distanced and vice versa. We've done that three times this summer, and it's kind of, I think, our turn now to have them up for dinner. And uh, so far, so good. It's just all in 
wearing the masks, being socially distant, because I think just having that connection and to go through that with somebody else and at least be within 10 feet of each other. And so that that's work. When you do that, do you do you make dinner or do they bring their own or what what do you do? Um, what we've done is we have made dinner. And so I brought um, some coleslaw and she did some some pulled pork or beef, I guess. It, we were just very thoughtful and careful about it. I, I think that we made the conscious choice to look at our well-being and to try to help heal each other as opposed to being so fearful. And my understanding is it's not in the food, it's airborne. So we're just careful in the wearing of the mask and keeping the distance. But the connection, I think, is important too. I agree. I've also heard of people getting um, weary of COVID yes. and just saying, I'm done. I'm, I'm tired of this. I'm going to live my life. But those of us that are older or have an underlying health issue, I think we're holding back, which is why I think our numbers are doing better in Washington State than some of the college students at the University of Washington are really going through a hard time right now. So I think um, it's an individual decision, but it's getting tiresome and hard. It is. You know, I've heard of in my neighborhood, some people in their mid to late 80s that are saying, look, I'm 85, I'm 86, I'm not going to socially distance because I don't know how much time I have. And that makes a lot of sense. But if you're 70, you know, you, you could 75, you could still have 10, 15, 20 years left. And I, I see both sides. You know, it's, it's tough for us because of my husband's health, you know, trying to socially distance, but I am getting very weary and in fact, I just booked a, a cruise. I know people are like, oh my gosh, you booked a cruise <laughs> for August of next year. And I got a really good deal on it. And I don't have to pay for the rest of it until May. And the travel agency that we used allows you to get 100% of your money back. It's not cruise credit if you if you cancel prior to the due, you know, deadline date. Of course, that agency could go out of business and then we'd lose our down, you know, the down payment. But we talked about it and said, Hey, they're working on a, they're working on these cures or vaccines. And if they don't have it by the, by the deadline, then we'll either just lose our deposit or we will, you know, get the cruise credit either, either way. So that's what we've done. So at least I can look forward to something. You yeah. know, because there's really been nothing to look forward to. And that's my main problem is I feel like I don't, I don't have, <laughs> feels hopeless a little bit. Like there's really nothing to look forward to. So I had to give myself something to look forward to. And that's how I've done it. Well, I think that's really wise. And sometimes uh, having something to look forward to is more valuable than any money or deposit you might lose. Right. Exactly. You, you could lose a lot in the stock market today. But I think your sense of well being. One thing we've done, Kathy, is we've pivoted, right? We have this debate because my husband is the guy that likes to stay home and I'm the one that wants to be the world traveler and we, we try to meet in the middle. And so I've just had to really, really rethink what are my goals and what do I want to do? And just set aside this idea of travel for the immediate future. And I have to say, I've been kind of encouraged lately because I started, you know, how I said I was um, practicing for retirement and um, I'm still working on my Spanish every day. 
And that kind of gives me hope that if I ever do get to go back to Mexico or, or a Spanish-speaking country, I'll Costa be, able to, Rica. be able to be able to read and be able to, to see things. And so having that little thing to work on every day has been kind of motivating for me. I also told you that I wanted to work on watercolors and I'm just shocked that I've really been enjoying that and it's something I can do with my grandkids and it's something I would have never done had it not been for the situation. I would have been booked and busy. So I've been painting little postcards and sending them to people. When the kids were here this summer, we had Nana Camp and we had an art class and then we just went down to stay with my daughter and my grandkids um, because she needed help with virtual school. So we started painting and it was, it was really, really fun. The latest one, again, which is shocking to me is gardening. I never had time to work out in the garden, but my husband says, well, we're going to be home. We might as well. And so we have been really dreaming big about growing a garden, but trying to figure out how to have it be able to maintain itself or uh, put in irrigation so that if we do get to travel, we're not feeling stuck. And I have to say, just the talking, trying to figure out a new project, we've never done irrigation before, getting out in the yard and working when the weather's been good. So I guess the way I'm coping with this is to pivot to other things that I probably never would have done and use my emotional and, and mental energy to accomplish something else. And it just feels right for right now. Our big worry is, though, that we'll put all this garden in, maybe get chickens, and then say, okay, now it's time to travel, and then what are we going to do? Trusted house sitters. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to have to listen to that 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 broadcast or uh, check into that. But yeah, if, if you're a future trusted house sitter and you want to come water my garden or push the button, you can do that. Take care of the chickens. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah, I really you know, commend you for being able to do all these things. You know, I have things that I want to do. But when I get depressed, I just, I just don't want to do them. You know, the drawing that I started, however long ago of the cat, I don't know if I don't know if I've shown that to you or not. But I'm still about halfway done and haven't done anything with it. I haven't picked up a pencil in, I don't know, maybe at least two weeks, maybe three. And, you know, it's just something that each person goes through a little bit differently. And I know I've got to, I know that I personally need to get out of this, I need to shake it, I need to shake it up. But I do think that that booking that cruise, you know, I'm about to book my, my return ticket, I, we, we booked business class tickets to get to Amsterdam, uh, using points, because I love going for free. And now I've got to get home. So we have no way to get home yet. <laughs> you know? So I'll figure it out. I've got till till May to figure that out. But yeah, I think that's great that you're pivoting. What else? What else is going on with well, you? I think that in terms of retirement planning, I've been listening to all kinds of webinars and seminars that my employer offers, and and I was thinking about who knew. I think when you're in work mode, these things go past you with these emails and training and classes, and you just let them go by. And 
Um, it's kind of like when you, you're pregnant, you all of a sudden see all these other pregnant people. Now that I'm on the road to retirement, I'm seeing all these opportunities that I just didn't pay attention to at work. And so every month there's, you know, training and classes that are offered, but there's always one about preparing for retirement. So they're usually on your lunch hour. Now they're Zoom. And so I've learned about more about deferred compensation, more about social security, and then there was one that I think really aligned with your your program where it wasn't anything about money. It was about creating your personal definition of retirement. And the, the presenter was just kind of just telling kind of the steps of retirement, the stages of retirement, how important it is to re- redefine who you are and just the different approaches. And so I have to say the time I'm spending in either reading, listening to your podcast or these classes, it's just really helping me kind of form an idea of what this is going to look like. Well, you know, that class sounds really interesting. Would you be willing to talk with us about that class on a on a future episode? I would love to. Okay, great. Well, let's schedule that. And so we will talk about that on our next episode. And thank you so much, Barbara. I know I feel better. I hope the listener feels better about all these canceled plans. Anything that you want to say before we say goodbye? Well, I just wanted to say how grateful I am to be a part of this. I've been spending time writing on the blog, and I think that it will be something I'll be able to look back on because I'm generally not a journaler, but just having the accountability to post stories on the blog and to just write about my impressions. I'm just kind of watching myself change as I go through this. I appreciate this opportunity, but I also appreciate how much I'm learning. I think I've said to you before, I never knew there were so many people that their job is to help retirees retire, that it's a whole, it's a whole career And I never paid attention to it before. I had no idea. And so I think when I said, I feel like I'm peeling an onion, I feel like we've got kind of most of the the layers off. Um, We're getting more solid on what we're going to do, when we're going to do it, how we're going to do it, um, and getting our plan more uh, sure. But every day is a new thing to learn. And so we're talking a lot more than we ever have about our future. And so for that, I'm, I'm really grateful. I'm so glad we're not doing this at the last minute or the week after I retire. Having these six months has been great. I guess the other thing I want to say is that I'm experiencing lasts. And by that, I mean, yesterday I did my last budget presentation to our county council And there's just something kind of final about that, about saying, okay, this is my last budget presentation, or this will be my last staff meeting. So it does have a sense of finality to it, but I haven't had that moment like, what am I doing? Am I sure? I'm still looking forward so excitedly about what the future holds. So I'm sure there will be, like you say, the sadness or the grief or the sense of loss, but I'm looking forward to my new identity so far. And I think I have that, uh, you to thank for that. Oh, thank you. With that, (laughs) listener, we're going to say goodbye and we'll see you next time on the Rock Your Retirement Show. Bye. Bye. Bye.